Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and, and everything, everywhere. I'm Jingan. And I'm Liza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast, and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YY Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Alright, let's start the show. Okay, Jingan, so what is your search term of the week? Okay, my search term is... Do all birds have nests? Do they have nests? Do all? Do they all have nests? Yeah, that, that's my question posed to you. <laughs> because like, when they fly, fly, fly in the evenings, yes. then they have to park somewhere. Mm, okay. Then they always like go to the nest and then make a lot of noise, make a lot of noise and shout at each other. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they sit down and find a place to be quiet for the rest of the night. Okay. But does that mean there's so many nests inside that tree? Mm. Are there hundreds of nests inside the tree? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are they? Or don't have? Yeah. Or they just stand <laughs> on their legs and then they just sleep. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? Uh, hmm. I think they won't be so hardworking to keep building so many nests. Okay. I think they only build the nest for the eggs so that the eggs will not roll off and smash. But most of the time, unless they are seducing some other, a female bird, then they won't build the nest. Because mm, mm, mm. they can, it's fine what, they can sleep anywhere what. Mm. That's so difficult man. It's like every time, if I want to sleep, then I must build a bed. That's mm. like so difficult to build, right? Mm. So might as well, if I know that I can stand up and sleep, then I just stand up and sleep. Uh. Oh, okay. That's my, that's my, <laughs> my theory. <laughs> a very long uh, rationalization. Mm, very good. You have taken us through your thought process of like how to answer this question. Yes. I wonder mm. if our listeners uh, have thought about it this way too. Yes, yes. I think you're mostly correct. Like maybe about 20% inaccurate. Like certain things oh. that you said were not quite correct. So it's like a B. <laughs> but yeah, mostly correct. Yeah, mostly like. Okay, okay. okay. I would say. Mm, can yeah, pass, can higher. pass. No, no, no. Definitely like 90% correct, I think. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. <gasps> yes. Okay, okay. B plus at least. So obviously, obviously, uh-huh. not all birds, species of birds, uh-huh. have nests. Okay. Like for example, uh, the penguin. Oh. Like, I was yeah. thinking of flamingo. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was just thinking of the flamingo I see in Bird Park, right? Yes. Then they are just all standing there on one leg. Mm. And they seem like they are sleeping. Mm. But they are not actually sleeping. But some of them are really sleeping. <laughs> then they never build a nest, what? So... Uh, <laughs> then I thought of the, mm. the birds at Orchard Road. Then they're always squawking around and then they are like making such a big fuss. Okay, okay. Then they go inside the tree. Yes. But then when I look at the tree with my eyes, I there don't really are, see that. There are nests. But there's not like 200 nests. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yes, that is a misconception. Yeah, right. They don't all have nests. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 tell yeah. me, tell me, tell me. So, for example, like, certain species don't have uh, nests, right? Just now we were talking about penguins. Then they don't have a lot of sticks and stuff to cobble together a nest. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's very cold, right? Uh-huh. So, the female will normally lay the egg on the ice itself. Then won't it roll away? Yeah. And then try to like roll it towards the male. <laughs> and then the male will incubate it on top of his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within its uh, abdominal pocket. That's what it's called. Okay, so then there's another bird, right? Called Essentially, the... they use their belly to kyap the, the egg to their feet. Correct. It's to make it warm. So the purpose of nest, right, uh-huh. is to make it warm. Make the egg warm. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's for warmth. Ah. Mostly, yeah. And oh, also okay. protection, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause eggs need warmth to incubate. Oh, as in it needs it needs some warmth to fully develop into a chick that will burst out of the yeah. Egg shell. You know when you go to the zoo, then got the incubator thing. Uh, yeah, yes. science center also have. Yes, oh. uh, it needs warmth 
to but go. can a bird sit in it for fun sit in a nest for fun because it's nice and warm and cozy I'm sure sometimes they do things for fun okay yeah. <laughs> but most of the time but most of the time it's for practical purposes yes okay yeah like, so for example the female bird will want to incubate the eggs then so because just nice they want to incubate the eggs then so they'll just sleep lah. so they'll just sleep inside the nest with the egg yeah correct then the male bird can sleep inside also or cannot? Normally, they won't want to squeeze together. Lah. They will, the male bird just sleep on the branch or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, perch on the branch and then roost. Ah. Roost is their version of sleeping because they don't normally deep sleep because they're a type of prey. Oh, okay. Mm. It doesn't make sense for them to deep sleep like deep REM. Ah, no. Yeah. No deep REM because they are prey. Okay. So... Don't need to dream. Don't need to nightmare. <laughs> just focus on just resting your eyes yes. and body. Yeah. They need to be able to fly away at any instant. Yes. Yeah. And be ready to so fly. light sleepers. All right. Yeah. So, okay, wait, wait. I want to talk about the other species of birds that don't have nests. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, they don't build nests, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. They don't build them. It's not in their culture. Yeah. No nest culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, there's an, a bird called the common mur. M-U-R-R-E. It is a bird that lives in colonies of hundreds. So there's not enough space to build nests. Okay. So they normally hang out in the seaside. Then they just lay their eggs on the cliff side. And then they hang around to protect it. On, on the, the cliff, cliff side. side. So there's a problem, right? The problem is Won't that... Won't roll away, man. Yeah, exactly. So their eggs are actually specially shaped. If you imagine uh, the egg, right? The tip is more pointy than normal okay so so the egg will just roll in a circle oh you understand yes yeah so smart <laughs> oh wow yeah because so it's it like will. somewhat uh conical i yes, would say correct okay so it will prevent it from falling off brilliant yeah so smart so, and then there's others which is the brute parasites which is a type of bird that will purposely lay their egg inside other types of birds nests I know, I know. Cuckoo. Cuckoo is one of them. Yes, correct. You're right. And there's many, many more types of birds that do this. Uh-huh. Very bad behavior. Really? <laughs> yeah. Many types, ah? Uh? Yes. Because I only know that the cuckoo does this. There's cow birds, common cuckoo, lesser honey guide, and indigo bird, and others. Like just these are the one, the main ones. Okay. Yeah. I know the cuckoo does it because I saw on Reddit mm. the cuckoo became a toddler bird already. Yes. Then it will push the other, other eggs. eggs out of the nest. Yes. So sinister. It's like it doesn't even know anything yet, you no. Know? Then it just wants to push everything out of the Yeah, it just hatch only, you know. Mm. Then it's like it's like it doesn't even look like it opened its eyes yet. Mm. Then it just instinctively throw all the other bird eggs out of the nest. Yes, exactly. It's it's already born with the Instinct, instinct to, to attack kill. yeah the other eggs oh some is gosh. some the not cuckoo one right they will actually attack the eggs or like the other like it yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So nefarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh but then goodness. the you know the parent bird right they actually evolved to be able to spot these type of birds oh so they will pack them to death before oh they even oh my goodness what yeah. shit <laughs> what the nature is metal oh wow wow <laughs> it's very crazy Okay, so what are the nests for? They are for raising babies and providing warmth for the babies. Okay. And not for sleeping. Oh. So you got it right just now. Oh, yay! Yes. So the birds build the nest to raise babies. So it's like basically. a cot lah. Or nursery lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we can't think of them as beds. No. Yeah, yeah, they are not like a home. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know in, in the uh, storybooks, right? Yeah. They're always thought like, you know, the nest is a home. Yeah, the bird will fly back to the nest, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is the baby bird's home. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's not really the adult bird's home. Oh, okay. They will normally abandon the nest after the baby birds have left the nest. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Only some birds reuse the nest. Okay. So, for example, bigger birds, like uh-huh. eagles or herons. Okay. Because they already build a very difficult to build nest. A very, very big, big nest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So, they actually just need to make some modifications la, to like, you know. Oh, I can zing one. can zing the, the house, okay. <laughs> because it will be weathered, you see. So, oh, like maybe yes. some of the sticks will fall off yes, or yes. like, you know, the foundation is not very good. So, they need to make better, that uh, kind of thing. Uh. Yeah. 
Okay. But the for the smaller birds, cause it's normally made of not very durable material. Yes. So they need to build another one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, lo. So they don't normally like, cause birds normally are migratory, ma. So they yes. come back to the same place. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a disposable nursery cot. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Now we know. Okay. So bonus question. Why mm. do birds squawk so much at sunset? Because they argue, lor. <laughs> who want to be on which branch? And they want to catch up about what they did the entire day. It's like, oh. where you go, ah? where you go, ah? what you eat? Ah? Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. Where you, what you do? Ah? Oh. Then after that, hey, why you stay on this branch? I want to stand here. Ah. Oh, no, I want to sleep beside you. Oh, no, oh, I don't want. Uh, okay, like okay, yes. I mean, they use chirping to communicate that is completely correct. Uh-huh. But they actually talk so much to each other during that time. Because they are highly sensitive to the time of day, which is like almost every other animal. Uh-huh. And when they notice a change in their environment, they will react to it by chirping to each other. So they are what? They're all just saying, Hey, sunset liao, sunset liao like that. Correct. Huh? <laughs> that's it, man? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Huh? <laughs> they are saying to each other, okay, sunset. Sunsetting, sunsetting. Hey, sunsetting. Hey, sunsetting. Oh, sunsetting like that. Huh? I really feel like that is the thing that they're doing. <laughs> they just inform each other. Hello. Oh. It's time for Are they night. not b- b- having any deeper conversation? I, I'm not sure, you know. Okay. Yeah. Like the most main topic <laughs> the of main, that mm, time yes. is just the sun is setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Sun setting. Okay. It's becoming colder. Okay. Time to roost. Oh. Yeah. I think oh. that's it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe one day, like, uh, scientists will be able to understand the nonsense of the bird chirps, then they will realize that, oh, actually, it is, how is your day? I had a wonderful day. I ate a worm. The worm was green, you know? But oh. then, at this point, maybe we cannot understand the different inflections yet. Maybe, but... Okay, so when I was researching, I also found something interesting about, like, songbirds. Uh-huh. Because they have songs, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's not as normal as the chip chip. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they have, like, certain songs that they practice. Yes. Yeah, so they do love to sing. Like, songbirds do love to sing. Okay, okay. <laughs> so they practice, like, at that time, like, together. Like, they learn from the other bird. At that time, the at song. sunset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. they all sing they together. They don't always, like, sing the song, la, in the day. Oh. Yeah, I think. So they just sing together yeah, at sunset. Yeah, correct. Oh, wow. Then, like, some birds sing at night because there's less competition. Okay. Yeah. Like, you just want to hear their own voice. <laughs> it's like, humans go karaoke, then you got a mic, then you just sing at night. Yes. Also, in the dark, then the way look at you, then you can just sing very loud and zao <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes it's like mating calls, la, less competition. Ah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's all. Okay. Very fascinating. The everyday life of a bird. Alright, Liza, what? is your search term of the week. My search term is... Why does milk make our mouths stink? <laughs> Do you know why? Why indeed? Like the science behind it. Is it because it's like fermenting within my mouth? Sort of. Oh really? Yeah. Sort of. It's because my mouth is warm, right? So it makes then? the milk curdle. What? Or something. <laughs> oh no, I'm losing points because yeah. I actually, yeah. <laughs> actually not bad already. Then like the more she talks, then the more more it shows her ineptitude at this search term. <laughs> anyway, I was googling this, right? Because every morning, right, I will enjoy my kopi flavoured milk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So essentially it's the regular kopi, yes. but add fresh milk in it. Mm. And there's way more fresh milk than kopi, like kopi grounds, mm. which is the local coffee. So it's a coffee-flavoured milk. Okay. Then I noticed, right, about an hour later, right, then my mouth will have a very smelly smell. Okay. And it's a very peculiar smelly smell. Oh. Like, you know, regular coffee breath. Like, if you drink kopi o, mm-hmm. then your breath have a coffee breath. But it's not coffee breath. It's a very weird smell. Like a milky breath. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering, why does it have this specific smell? Then the interesting thing, right, is because usually before I start work, mm. then I'll make myself a black tea. Okay. With no milk, no sugar. And okay. Just a siap siap strong black tea. Mm. Yeah. Then as I'm drinking it, right, the milk breath will disappear. Then what? I'm like, huh? Why is it like that? What's going on? Mm. Is it because it replaced the smell? Mm? 
it replaced her how I don't know <laughs> like hmm. I don't know yeah then the more the more this happens over many weeks then I start to think like there must be some science to it like this whole thing there's like a science experiment going on inside my mouth <laughs> What is it? Okay, so what's the answer? Why does... Okay, first, lah, why does milk make our mouth smelly? Because it is rotting inside my mouth. Why does it rot? Because my mouth is hot. And what does it have? Saliva. Okay. Uh, other germs. Uh-huh. And bacteria. Thing. Uh-huh. Yes, correct. <laughs> That's the answer I'm looking for. Bacteria. Ah, okay. So our mouth got a lot of bacteria, right? Okay. Yeah, and we actually covered this before in the smelly dry feet search term. Mm. Like, what is smelly smell? The bacteria eating... Yeah, they eat the thing that we produce, like some kind of lipid or something. And then they 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 fart and poop. Yes, yes, correct. <laughs> so the smelly smell is actually bacteria eating things happily. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. So in dry feet, they're actually eating our sweat and body yeah. cells. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, skin yeah, cells, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in our mouth, right, they're actually happily eating the things in our mouth. Yum, mm. yum, yum. Then they're just giving off their smelly waste, their poop and their farts. Lah. Oh, so the milky breath is the same? Yeah. So when we <laughs> drink milk or eat dairy stuff, right, yes. like cheese and yogurt, okay, then little particles of the milk solids, right, actually stick to the crevices of our mouths. Oh. So like there's lactose, proteins and lipids. Then they're actually sticking uh-huh. to tiny, tiny parts of our mouth. Uh-huh. Like in between our teeth, in our gums, mm-hmm. all the little folds in our mouth. Then mm. the bacteria will be like, hmm, food, let's go eat them. <laughs> then as they eat, they will fart and poop and fart and poop. And then they'll make our mouth smelly. Yeah. And then the interesting thing is when the microbes in our mouth feast on these milk solids, right? Uh-huh. They actually create hydrogen sulfide. Hydrogen sulfide. Yeah, then okay. sulfide is smelly. Related to sulfur, sulfur. right? And mm. sulfur is very stinky, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's why the smell that comes out of our mouth after we eat like for example, ice cream, Mm -hmm. is very rotten. Ah. So it's the hydrogen sulfide Sulfide. smell. Yes. And hydrogen sulfide smells like rotten eggs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like the hot spring, right? Yes. Got the sulfur smell. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So you can produce it in your mouth by drinking or eating milky things Mm. and letting the bacteria feast on it. It doesn't happen immediately. The bacteria will take a while mm. to slowly munch, munch, munch on thing. Oh. That's why when I first drink my kopi in the morning, right, I don't have the smell one. Oh. Only when I, after a while, one hour later, then it will appear. What is this taste? Mm. Smell. Okay, so the next mystery is mm. why the tea gets rid of the smell. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> What's the answer? Yeah, that makes me very curious because I didn't think that the tea would get rid of the smell. Mm-hmm. Is it the smell of the tea mask, the hydrogen sulfide, or like, I don't know. Or maybe mm-hmm. the tea killed the bacteria. Mm. Then the bacteria die, la, then got no more hydrogen sulfide. Mm. Mm. That's absolutely right. What? <laughs> yes. Yes, you know, I actually go and Google this. Like, I was wondering, like, did I really, like, accidentally find a hack oh. for smelly milk breath, right? Okay, So okay. I went to Google, does tea help fight bad breath? Okay. And the answer is yes. Oh. Yes, because tea, right, contains this thing called flavonoids, which are a group of polyphenols. I have no idea what these big words are, <laughs> but they are actually very good at stopping the growth of bacteria. Oh, yeah, I see. So Interesting. Researchers actually have done studies on this. Mm. So they go and mix the green tea extracts mm. with bacteria, mm-hmm. including those that cause strep throat and tooth decay. Oh. And then they realize that, hey, it actually stops the bacteria from reproducing. Oh, okay. So it's actually really healthy to drink the tea. Tea, yeah. Then even they try black tea, right? Uh. They go and mix with different kind of bacteria that causes bad breath. Mm-hmm. Then they go and like use the microscope and CCC, right? Mm. Eh, it reduced the growth by 30%. Eh. Wow. And then the production of the smelly compounds, right, caused yes. by these bacteria is also reduced. Oh. So yeah, yeah, right law. First, it kill off a lot of the bacteria, right? Yes. Then it also stops them from growing. Oh. Then also they, it makes them produce less of the smelly fat and poop. Ah. It's like, wow. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's a sweet spot. Lah, okay. To off. Or should I say unsweet spot? <laughs> 
<laughs> smelly spot. <laughs> like like if you drink too if you drink much, too uh, much strong tea, uh, right, strong tea, your mouth right? will dry your mouth out. Will dry out. Oh, then oh, if your then mouth your dries mouth. out, then you get another kind of smelly smell, <laughs> which is the dehydrated smelly mouth smell. <laughs> and actually, you know who has this smell a lot? Mm. People who drink a lot of coffee because uh, coffee is a diuretic. Yes, coffee <laughs> dehydrates the mouth. Then yes. it will cause you to have less saliva. Then the bad bacteria will grow. Then oh. it will start to multiply out of control. Because saliva actually helps to prevent the growth of the bad bacteria. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So interesting. Okay, so it's like the milk is like the opposite end of the coffee breath or tea breath. Yes. Like, you know, yes. the different side of the spectrum. Yes, yes, Oh, yes. okay. So the bacteria in your mouth is like constantly like... Yeah, yeah. You must find <laughs> where the like the, the sweet spot. Yeah, the non... The, the point where they don't produce a lot, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Then, you know, a lot of adults got coffee breath, right? But kids got their own smelly breath. It's called sugar breath. Oh, yeah. Sugar also. Yes, because actually, right, bacteria likes sugar very much. Oh, Because okay. I mean, it gives them energy. La, then oh. it's like, yay, yes. let's feast on it. Then okay. as they feast on things, then they will poop and fart. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so kids will have a special kind of smelly smell, mm. which is sugar breath. Ah, okay. Interesting. Mm. So it makes me think, right, maybe, right, if we eat ice cream, right, it's like double smelly because it's sweet and milky. Ah, interesting. Then if you eat coffee ice cream, right, I think it's triple smelly. Because oh. it's like coffee smell plus... <laughs> I thought, wait, wait, no. I thought the coffee is supposed to... Eh, wait. Coffee got the, the compound or not that kills the bacteria. Uh, Coffee is more smelly because coffee by itself has a very strong smell. Oh. And coffee is slightly acidic. Oh, okay. Then bacteria also love acid. Oh. So actually, right, if you are a person that really like acidic stuff, like citrus fruits... Uh-huh. Then you eat a lot of citrus fruits or tomato. Mm-hmm. Then you will have a citrusy, smelly smell. Because Why? the pH in your mouth is off already. Then oh. the bacteria will be like, hooray, we thrive. Oh. Yeah, so people who actually eat a lot of sour things also got smelly smell. <laughs> but a different type. You know what? It's okay. We just smell a little bit, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So everybody, like, you know, as long as you know that your mouth will be weird, right? It's because, like, the the entire bacteria colony in your mouth is, like, off balance really. I see. Yeah. <laughs> you have to keep it, like, you know, roughly... At equilibrium yeah. somehow. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, the best way to get rid of the smelly smell is to yes. brush your teeth and floss them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Not everybody has a toothbrush and toothpaste all the time. Yes. Or have access to the time to brush their teeth. That's true, that's true. So there is a, a hack that the scientists have suggested okay. after they do so much research, right? Mm-hmm. They say, like, after you eat a smelly, milky thing, mm-hmm. maybe you could rinse tea in your mouth. Okay. Like, swallow the tea around your mouth. Okay. Then hydrate water instead. Oh, interesting, interesting. Mm, mm, because mm. the tea will stop the bacteria from growing. Mm. But you drink too much, then you dehydrated, ma. Mm. So you enough is enough. Drink water. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Very good. Life hack. We learn a new thing. <laughs> Maintain the bacteria equilibrium in your mouth. Yeah. Yes. That is the slogan. <laughs> for this search term. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> okay. It is time for a special segment. Alright. Three things to Google from a friend. So Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? Okay, this week we have Shu Hua. Okay. Her first search term is Italian breast cake. <laughs> <laughs> Italian <What>? breast cake. <laughs> she said it's not dirty. So, yeah, we are allowed to do it on our very PG-13 kid-friendly show. Okay. It's very cute, eh? I just googled it. (laughs) We had to put it on our social media. It's essentially a white colour dome thing Mm, with a little red cherry on top. Yes. Maraschino cherries. They are giving us recipes. So how did this come about? And where did it come from? Okay, Italy where? Okay. Okay, so from what I can understand from this Atlas Obscura article uh-huh. is that Saint Agatha is the person or saint that is related to this breast cake. Mm. 
Okay, so the, the cake is called Mini de Saint Agatha, which so literally translates to that. La. Yes, yes, yes. And mm-hmm. basically, there's like a festival that happens in Sicily, in Catania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, this person, right, is a martyr, like a yes. person who died. Correct. She yeah. lived during the 3rd century AD, yes. when Sicily was part of the Roman Empire. Yeah. So what happened to her? Is that this uh, local politician person? Yes, they call it a local prefect. He liked her, but she mm. don't like him. Yes, and she has already dedicated and devoted her life to God. Oh, but he, a Roman powerful man, mm. some kind of proconsul or general or some high-ranking person. Okay, like every okay. article we read is a yeah, yeah, has yeah. a different title la, But oh, okay, okay, he's a very powerful man la. Okay, okay. The more he want her, the more she don't want. Yeah. So he were upset. Yes. So jail her and had her tortured. Yes. Then they even go and sever her breast. Yeah, go and cut it off or go and pluck it out or something. Different article got different way of how so, it was removed. So gross, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, it was apparently miraculously restored by Saint Peter, but mm. she still died after yeah. a lot of other torture. Yes. Mm. So the man was very bad. Okay, yes. that's essentially the whole story. <laughs> but then, because he read that, but she's very good, mm. then there was this whole festival to celebrate Yes, how good she is, how pure she maintained herself, mm. her values that she upheld in the face of adversity. Yes. So anyway, this Saint Agatha, right, she's typically portrayed holding a tree, bearing her breasts. Yeah, resembling so, a pair of cakes. Yes, mm. it looks like cakes lah. So yeah. basically... People just start to make the cake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then now, over time, mm. the cake's got many different flavors. Ah. Yeah. Okay. And then they're all very nice to eat, apparently. <laughs> and everybody loves them. Mm. And then it has a lot of historical and symbolic meaning to it. Mm. So it symbolizes femininity, motherhood, nutrition, fertility. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So to them, it's like, you know, a festival to celebrate all of these things. Mm. Wow, interesting story. Such a rich and deep history in cake. <laughs> like food really brings people together, you know. Indeed. So interesting. Alright, what's next? Okay, her next search term is very related to just now our milk breath, tea breath. Oh, really? <laughs> search term, yeah. Okay. It is, why do some places call tea tea? Or oh. a variant of tea like tea? Oh. And then why do some places call it Cha or a variant chai. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. Interesting. Mm. I think my answer la, mm-hmm. without Googling mm. is tea kind of comes from China. So the mm-hmm. depending on which province or part of China you are from, because China got like north and south, mm-hmm. then the name is different. Something like that. Okay. Like the <laughs> The maybe the more north part will call it cha, and then the more south part will call it tea. I I want to disagree with you. I think that tea does not come from China. I think tea comes from India. Oh, hmm. <laughs> which like, one? Is I it? have I I drink sometimes in the morning. I'll drink Ceylon tea. Mm-hmm, then I thought mm-hmm. like hmm, maybe this is more. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe it doesn't all come from China, but maybe like the, the the culture of tea. I remember watching a video. Strong. A video. Yes. Then the something about the trade routes one. Oh. Then oh yeah, trade routes. Something something something. Cha 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 cha. Then something something. Te 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 ti ti ti. Oh. Unfortunately, mm. I did not pay enough attention okay. to it. It feels like a dialect thing, lah, to me. Okay, okay. You know, I just googled it, right? Okay. And then the answer is like right in this article's title. <laughs> tea if by sea, cha if by land. Why the mm. world only has two words for tea? Oh my gosh. Am I right? Is it all from China? <laughs> you are absolutely right. Okay. They are both from China. Hey yo! Because the north so side smart? is by the Silk Road. Yes. Mm. So by land, they just spread this cha mm. word. Mm. Mm. Then the tea, right? By sea, ma, you say? Yes. That means it's the coastal cities. Correct. Like so those who speak Minan Yu, yeah. which is the coastal province of Fujian, right? Mm. Instead of saying tea, they pronounce it as te. 
So those by sea one, mm. the Dutch when they came over to China, mm. then they picked up this food and then they Pea. bring it. Mm. Mm. So interesting, so interesting. Yep, they bring it to the French who call it the or something. The German also say tea. The English say tea. <laughs> but the Dutch were not the first people to go to Asia. It was the Portuguese. Ah, yes. Yeah, but the Portuguese, they didn't trade at Fujian. They mm. actually went to Taiwan. Taiwan. Mm. Yeah, so that's why they use cha. <laughs> cha? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what's the funny thing about this article? Mm. It, it doesn't say etymology. Okay. It says etymology. <laughs> right at the top. <laughs> etymology. Very nice, very nice. Really, like, I uh, applaud you. At our uh, humor point, eh, our xiao dian. I found another reason why it's called cha in China. Okay. Like, okay. even further back. As okay. in, like, the origin of the word cha in yes, China, right? Yes. Okay. In the early years of tea cultivation, mm-hmm. the leaves were unprocessed and had a bitter taste. Mm. And then, uh, they call it tu. Tu. How to pronounce this one? Tu. Tu. Meaning bitter vegetable. <laughs> but then the Chinese current word for tea mm. is cha. It's actually the same writing mm-hmm. as the two word, but minus one stroke. Oh. So um, a scholar named Lu Yu wrote the Cha Jing classic of tea. Uh-huh. And then he accidentally write wrongly. Oh. He missed out one stroke. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the fact check. Fact check. Wait, wait, is wait. It real? wait, his job is to write the classic of tea. Yeah, Cha Jing. And then he write the word tea wrong. Yeah. And so then actually it's supposed to be Tu Jing, then he write as Cha Jing. Like, literally, you had one job. <laughs> I don't know whether it's for real or not. Is it for real? Or maybe he just wanted, you know, it to wait, be wait, wait, let me, let me legit. <laughs> so, is it real? Uh, okay, so I googled this in Chinese. La, so, mm-hmm. uh, it seems that the emperor, la, the Tang Xuanzong that time, right? Mm-hmm. They already... Uh, like they make books before the Cha Jing. Okay. See. Yeah. So at that point of time, they actually already minus away that that one line, that oh. one stroke. Yeah. They feel that uh, if you minus away, the character look more like the mu, like oh, wood, like wood. Look yeah. like the word wood. Yeah. For the 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 tea tree. Oh. Yeah. So to symbolize the tea tree and where the leaves yes. come from. Yes, yes, yes. Ah. So the two word and the cha word uh-huh. is uh, interchangeably used. Oh. Then when the Lu Yu guy, right, he mm. go and write the cha jing, the, mm-hmm. the classic of tea. tea. Uh, he used the one without the... Oh, so it's not he write wrongly. It uh, was a conscious choice. It's a conscious choice. To choose something that symbolize and properly articulate the wood used in the tea. Yes. Okay. Because it's a plant. Yeah. We <laughs> did not make a mistake. Okay, okay. Fact checked. I mean, sure. We won't be able to actually know the real answer. You must go back in time. <laughs> see the time machine and ask him, Hello, Hello, bro. did you write wrongly? <laughs> bro. What's up? <laughs> bro, I just want to check with you. Uh. Did you write the word wrongly? <laughs> I'm from the future. <laughs> we have a very important question. <laughs> By the way, do you know that? Yes. Uh, to, to him. Uh, by the way, do you, <laughs> do you know that your tea is very good at making our smelly breath go away? Oh. <laughs> Can neutralize the smell of the smelly milk. Then he'll be like, what is milk? Because <laughs> milk was not uh, cultured yet. Really? I don't know. Just talking nonsense. I'm pretty sure they have cows. <laughs> But Chinese people didn't eat dairy for a long while because oh, it was really? not safe. Ah. Remember, we covered it in the Does pizza taste good to everyone? Mm, okay. That, then Chinese people didn't eat cheese. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't really eat dairy, huh? Yeah. Because oh. it was unsafe. Maybe because we are mostly... Most Asians are lactose intolerant. Are we? Yeah. This is just random banter. I'm uh, so okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> No, I want to fact check that before you move on. (sighs) Okay. There are likely to be at least 40 times more people suffering from lactose intolerance in an Asian country 
like Vietnam than in a North European country like Denmark. Mm. Oh, wow. Yep. Approximately two-thirds of Asian population have trouble absorbing lactose. Mm, interesting. Yeah, apparently we are lacking a genetic mutation to help digest milk. Wow, fun fact! We learned something new! <laughs> okay, next one, next, next one, one, last next one, one, last one, last okay. search term. Her last search term is Unproven Chinese Dynasty. Unproven? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It's just three God, words. Unproven one ah. Okay, okay. Then is it real or not? <laughs> it's unproven. <laughs> Probably real, but they haven't proved it that it exists yet. I'm there, there. <laughs> Okay. Alright. So I'm reading this article from National Geographic. Mm-hmm. So it says that the Xia Dynasty, mm-hmm. which is one of the earliest dynasties in China, mm-hmm. it is thought to exist la, between 2070 BCE until 1600 BCE. So that is like 4,000 years ago. Mm. So I can understand why uh, it is kind of like hotly debated whether it existed or not. Yes. Because it's very far away. Yes. <laughs> and it's quite hard to track, la, like, you know, if there are no um, artifacts or stuff that left behind. Yes. Apparently the existence of this and records of this have been disputed on and off. Mm-mm-mm. Like, people like to argue about this. Mm. Okay. Okay, so that's like a story, la, a myth uh-huh. that is like commonly related to this Xia dynasty. Okay. Is the, this person called Yu. Mm-hmm. He managed to repair the damage caused by a major flood. Okay. So that is how he achieved the mandate of heaven, which is okay. like the divine right to rule. La. So he was so-called like the first emperor. Okay. Yeah. Then, uh, like, I guess it's something along the lines of like, everybody's very thankful to him. Then like, okay, why don't you be our ruler? That kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. the but before this, already Chinese people existed, and they are already doing Bronze Age stuff. Yes, making Bronze Age culture and artifacts and things. It's just uh. that whether this fella, mm. whether he ruled everybody, yes. and after that, did other people succeed him in exactly. ruling the place? Exactly. Yeah. So that's what's disputed. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that Chinese people don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've been going about their lives. <laughs> Like, la, 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 la. But, you know, whether there is a sort of central government system uh, happening, correct, correct, uh, correct. That, that is what's debated at yes. the moment. Okay. <laughs> Continue your story. So, um, some scholars actually dismiss this as, a, like, a creation myth. Like, I don't think it existed, that kind of thing. Someone wrote a story about it. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. But then, University of Beijing archaeologists actually found evidence of large-scale floods during the Xia time period. Mm-hmm. So, maybe it's real. Maybe there's some truth to it. Yeah, so maybe there's some truth to it. So yeah, it's, you know, very uh, hotly debated. Once again, we need the time machine to go back in time. (laughs) Okay, continue bro. (laughs) Hey bro, did you? Did you repair a dam? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. So after Xia is actually Shang and then Zhou. Yeah. Mm. I would like to say that more than 10,000 years ago, already there was the Neolithic age in ancient China. Mm. And they were already farming and doing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they were. (laughs) So cool, okay, yeah. (laughs) A long history. They existed and they did things. Yep. And probably a lot more things than we think that they did. We can ever imagine. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Alright. Okay, so we'll just leave the historians to it. (laughs) Okay, so that's the end of our special segment. Alright. So, Jian, what is your second search term of the week? Alright, my second search term is... Samba deer. Samba deer? What is Samba deer? I know, what is it? You know? Yeah. How come? Uh, I saw it. Oh, are you sure? Like the eyes? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In the zoo. In the yes, zoo. in the zoo. Oh, S-A-M-B-A-D-E-E-R. There's no L. It's not like sambal deer. No, it's S-A-M-B-A-R. Are, are we looking at the correct thing? S-A-M-B-A-R deer. It's not sambal, it's in the chili. No, no, no. It's not a food. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, right. Uh, the, the spelling that I have in mind is wrong. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sambar deer. But it's not sambal deer. No, 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 no. It's not no. the balachan no, 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 and no, no. friends kind of chili. No, 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 we're yeah, not yeah, cooking yeah, yeah. this deer. No, we're not cooking the deer, yeah, yeah, yeah. But sam, sambar deer, yeah. Mm, 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 it's a brown mm. colour thing, lor. 
it's a deal lah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you know that Samba deer no. are native to Singapore? No, I did not. Yeah. I thought it was an Indonesian thing or a Malaysian yes, thing. Yes, they are, they are. They are found in this area. Uh-huh. In India, Sri Lanka, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines. Okay. Yeah, anyway, they are native to Singapore. They were thought to be extinct in 1940 due to poaching and habitat loss. But they're actually a rare sighting now. What? Some people have actually spotted in the recent years. Are you serious? Yes. Where? Where they come? Okay, wait. If they were thought to be extinct in 1940s, then how come they can come out now? They were thought to be, man. They oh. are not extinct. They are not extinct. <laughs> they just went to hide. Yeah. <gasps> just like the otters. <laughs> yes. The otters also went to hide. Like enough, are uh, humans. <laughs> They're just like, you know what? We're just, just don't go to the places where these humans are. <laughs> All the hairless apes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Yeah. I, yes. I only have a, like, a very poor rudimentary knowledge of them because I read the description on the board oh. at the zoo. Mm. But that's about it. Mm, mm, mm. No, I did not know that they are native here. Yes. We have spotted them in the central catchment area. <gasps> Mandai and Bukitima areas. <gasps> yeah. They will sometimes cross the road. Are you serious? Sometimes they will hang out with their family. <gasps> yeah. Got family? Yeah, got family. How come they decide to come out now? I don't know. Maybe they think that we are less uh, scary. Annoying, <laughs> irritating, okay? Yeah, sometimes they are spotted, uh, like, just going about their business. And also, uh, remember, there's this uh, wildlife bridge thing. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they are actually using it quite often. Nice. Yeah, so cool, right? Yeah, we built a bridge, right, for them to, for all the wildlife to cross the road. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even know there are deer in Singapore. Hmm. Okay, so they are quite majestic. Mm-hmm. Uh, an adult male can actually grow up to 2 meters tall. Taller than us, eh? Wow. And weigh 260 kg. That is with the antler or without the antler? Hmm, that's a very good question. But yes, they have antlers with three tines. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah, very cool. Like, it's a real deal, eh? Yeah, yeah very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so they are actually quite active in the early morning or after dark. Basically, they are called crepuscular creatures, which is the name for animals who are active during the twilight times. Oh my god, like my brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. He's a crepuscular cr- what? Crepuscular. He's a crepuscular <laughs> creature. <laughs> Okay, their diet consists of largely vegetation like grass shoots, leafy foliage, shrubs, and trees. They are found in countries beside us, like Mm -hmm. Indonesia, uh, Philippines. Mm -hmm. And in 2010, we actually estimate about 20 deer living in Singapore. But because we can sight them quite often now, I think that the number probably increased. Mm. Mm. Okay, so fun fact. Samba, Mm -hmm. Mm S-A-M-B-A-R, actually means deer. So it's actually dear dear. Yeah, it's dear dear. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, what are the other wildlife that are in Singapore, that are native to Singapore? Like, can you name some that is like very rare one that you feel? Otter. Yeah, okay, otter. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know, no, the, the, the black colour monkey at Thompson. Yeah, Raffles Banded Langer. Langer, yeah, that's the name. Yeah, very cute face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Others? Rare one, right? You want yeah, rare, rare one. one. If I say mine now, then you'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, man. you can see, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Rare. Mm. <laughs> Making a frowning face okay, right now. Maybe crocodile. Crocodile can see at Sangai Bolo. That's rare? Quite rare, lah. Okay, like, fine. I don't normally see crocodile yeah, going everywhere, Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that's, that's all? Yeah. I thought it was going to be a fluffy, cute thing. Mm. There are other fluffy, cute things. Okay. So I'm going to read you the other ones that are very surprising to me. Oh, okay. Can be found. Oh, there are more! <laughs> there are more! I, I thought just like... I just want you to guess. Like these are the, the ones. normal ones. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So the Sunda pangolin is actually also native to Singapore. We have pangolin here, man? Yeah, we have pangolin eh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It is the most trafficked animal, says WWF. Uh-huh. And it's also very vulnerable. Yeah, I think it can be found... In the on the main island and also uh Tekong. Oh nice. Yeah. Then there's the porcupine. Malayan porcupine. We have porcupine? Yeah, we have porcupine eh. It was first rediscovered on Pulau Tekong in 2005. I think on our island have some. But we just haven't discovered them. 
uh, they are just quietly doing their own thing. Don't disturb. as far away from humans yeah. as possible. Okay, got it. Okay, it's not that they don't exist. They're just hiding. Yes, and just minding their own business. Okay. Okay. There's also the palm civet. Civet. Oh yes, I know civet, civet because yes. I watched a documentary on Channel News Asia, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they show the civet catch right. They come out at night right, and then yes. they will run on the rooftops. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The mm-hmm. their other name is luwak, which yeah. is the same luwak as kopi. luwak coffee. Yeah, yeah. the yes. civet cat poop coffee. Yes, mm. there's also leopard cat in Singapore. Leopard cat. Yeah, we have meh. Yeah, it's our only remaining wild cat. There's an estimated 20 leopard cats on the main island and Pulau Tekong got 28. Where are they hiding? They just... In the forest lah. You, you normally walk in the forest, man. No. Because of the insects. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the very sharp plants. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so for the sea. Okay, sometimes we have dugong. Occasionally sighted in Johor Strait. Oh, nice. Dugong. Yeah. Sometimes we have sea turtle. Got Hawksbill turtle. Oh, this one I know. The Hawksbill turtle, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. larger green turtle mm. are most commonly sighted around Sisters Island Marine Park. Mm. Turtles also sometimes nest on the islands. Mm. Mm. Both of them, by the way, are endangered species of turtle. Oh, nice. Mm. Okay, last one. Indo-Pacific humpback dolphin. Sometimes, yeah, they, they come are, eh? Yeah, they are seen on a fairly regular basis around the southern islands. You can mm. easily spot them on a boat, especially around Sisters Islands or St. John Island. Nice. Mm. Nice, nice. I, I was thinking like they wouldn't want to come here because like we always have those big tanker ships and yeah, those yeah, cargo yeah, yeah, ships yeah, yeah, like yeah, crossing yeah. our seas. Then they'll be like so irritating all these sharp, sharp, hard, big objects. I think sometimes they come lah. Oh, just for fun lah. Yeah. Yeah, but they won't <laughs> stay. <laughs> Alright. You know, you <laughs> never answer the very important question. What? Whether this sambadia is edible. Yes, that's huh? why people it is, uh. poach them, what? Oh, it was edible. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think that's like, that's the difference when... I mean, uh, it is still edible, it's just that... That's the difference between when Jian do a animal search and when Eliza do a search. Eliza do an animal search because every time Eliza does an animal search and Eliza will be like, hmm, can is I it eat edible? <laughs> How does it taste like? Even the snail also, I was like, hmm, Singapore snail can eat or not? <laughs> no. I do not want to eat the snail that I find <laughs> on the pavement. <laughs> Alright, Eliza, what is your second search term? My search term is... Why are Peeing Chow statues so popular in the West? Yeah, why? Uh? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. How does it look like you describe? It's normally like a angel or cherub or something. and then Or, or just a boy. Uh-huh. Then like he is peeing into a water fountain or something like that. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why is it so popular? Because I was thinking, right, like, recently I was looking at videos of Chinese gardens and Japanese gardens. Uh-huh. It's always, like, very zen. Then if they want, then they have a small waterfall. Mm-hmm. But we don't have this being child statue thing <laughs> yes. inside our gardens, eh? Yes, but we do not. those Western-style gardens, <laughs> yes. they will have this thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Uh? So what's up with that? <laughs> like, I was wondering, who is this child? Why? Who is this child? What do you think? You mean it's a, it's a particular child? Like, it's one child? I thought know, it's like different they child. They all look the same. Uh, if maybe it's my prosopagnosia. I don't know. They all look the same to me. They look like a young child. No, like, I mean, like, is it like, like one character, you know? Like, That's particular... my question. Uh. Oh, okay. What do you think? Is it like a specific child? Is it like somebody famous? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it like there's some story, right? Like some behind it? Duke Lock child <laughs> I don't know okay if I have to like hazard a guess like, I think it's something like very long ago mm-hmm. then like the lot of some town okay then they got some difficulty la, uh-huh. then want to solve this problem uh-huh. then the child go and pee in the fountain then suddenly all the problem no more like oh. everything solved like the plague just disappeared yeah, or yeah, the famine yeah, yeah, no more yeah, 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 or there's yeah. a drought then suddenly rain correct something correct. like that then just nice the duke or whoever la, see the child pee into the pool or something then they're like ah the, it must be, it must be a sign of good luck oh yeah something then like they make this yes okay <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my my thinking. Absolute <laughs> same thinking. Like oh must be some famous child with some very wonderful thing or whatever. <laughs> mm, okay. So the being child statue, right, that yes. we are most familiar with yes. are from the Renaissance era Italy and pre-Renaissance era Belgium. Okay, okay. So the Belgian example came first. 
and it's the most famous. But actually, mm. we have more understanding about the origins of the Italian one. Okay. Uh, the Italian one is called Puto Mictans, which means naked child peeing. Okay. Or poor mingans, which means boy peeing. Okay. Mm. Sometimes they're also known as Spiritello di Aqua which means water sprites. Ah. Mm. And some historians say that, you know, this sculpture mm. are more of a representation of playful sprites or spirits as opposed to representations of actual young boys. So they are not... Boys. Yeah, little boys. They oh. are water sprites or oh. little spirits. Okay. Mm. So they are not modelled after any real boys. child. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So actually, depictions of these little naked boys date back all the way to ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. But most of them in ancient Rome are little cherubs or little angels. Yes. And they are not being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are yeah, just huh? naked and just punching around. Okay, so I was wrong. It's just... I try to make them together. Yeah. Okay. For a while, I thought that maybe it is a cherub, like a... What's that? Cupid. Cupid. Uh, uh, that kind. Then okay. like being... Sign of good luck. Okay. Uh, then if he pee on you, then you will have like love or oh, something. Nice. Also not lah, not correct. Okay. <laughs> but the Cupid is same species <laughs> as oh. these water sprites. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know? They're all mystical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mystical little, pure little things. Oh, okay. You know? Okay, okay. Understand, okay. understand. So in Renaissance era Italy, mm. which is around 1300s and 1400s, mm-hmm. the sculptor Donatello Donatello. Here before at this name. Yeah, because in Ninja Turtle. Correct. <laughs> By the way, fun fact uh, for those who don't know this about the Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles, they are named after four very famous artists. Yes, that's right. Michelangelo, Raphael, Raphael, Donatello, and Leonardo. Okay, okay. moving on. <laughs> you should just name all the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is like up my alley art. Okay, anyway. The sculptor Donatello, right, he started reinventing these little sprites in his work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he started using them not just in a decorative way, but mm-hmm. to give his works more context. So, for example, one of his first use of these little sprites are for the Siena Baptistery. So, it's a place inside a church okay. where people baptize yeah. babies. Mm. Yeah, so he made like a few of them, like three or four of them. I'm going to put this picture on our social media. Okay. And the sprites are like dancing and prancing around and then playing musical instruments. Oh, bless the water. Yes. So he's using the animated gestures to be like joyful embodiments Ah. of music and dance to celebrate the sacred rite of baptism. Oh, okay. Okay, Okay, quite nice one, right? Celebration. Yes. Pure. Yeah, pure. Holy. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so on and off, right, he'll make this little sprite statues in his whatever commissions lah okay mm, mm. then after Donatello make this thing then more and more artisans also start making Copy. these mm. Mm, little children or little sprites mm. and they started appearing in the renaissance artwork mm. yeah and then together with some advancements in plumbing systems mm. then they decided that maybe we can have fun and make these sculptures pee, pee. water yeah and historians are saying that, you know, that's actually how we should think of it. It's not pee that is coming out, it's peeing water. Oh. Like what's coming out of them is water. Is water. Don't think of it as pee. Pee, okay, okay, yeah. got it, got it. Because they are innocent little sprites. Oh, because they are water sprites, man. Yeah. Okay, okay. There's a purity to them. I mean, why can't they shoot it out of their hands like Spider-Man? Uh, <laughs> I think it's symbolic because like for humans when we pee out it's wastewater it's dirty water uh-huh. Oh, but for them it's pure yes it's pure water so the water that come out is supposed to be pure okay okay got mm. it got it yeah and also this was also at, at a time right when people didn't have running water in their houses oh okay okay so they actually have to go to the fountains to get clean running water mm. Mm. okay okay then these little pink statues will be like there la, mm. and then mm. they will like have some connotations of good health mm. associated with the purity of access to good clean water I understand okay yes mm. Mm. It's a different water situation then. Yes. Mm. Yeah, you know, we now so take for granted, right? On the yeah. tap then, clean water. Correct. Yeah, but then last time they have to track all the way to these things. So it's like water fountains had a very different uh, 
application Correct. last time. Yeah. yeah, it's not just a practical thing. It's also mm. like a community thing. Mm. Everybody come together. Mm-hmm. And then also it is very important and sacred. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a water hole thing. Then over time, these statues become associated with broader ideas around health and welfare. Maybe even good fortune, fertility, and even wealth. Ah, no wonder always, you know, when you go overseas, then like in the squares or what, the markets, then mm. they always have this water fountain. Mm. 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 Even in the botanical garden, sometimes they will have also, mm. right? Okay, so the earliest known examples of these Italian piecing sprites, right? They are around 1400s, but mm. the Belgium version is almost like a century older. Oh, mm. interesting. But not much is known about it. There's a very famous Belgium statue called Mannequin Piece, which, I mean, you can imagine it's just called being statue. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bronze fountain sculpture in central Brussels, Belgium. Yes, it's a very famous one. Yeah, super famous. People like actually travel there, then to the tour guide will show you. Yeah. Tada, famous thing. Okay. But do you know that that thing is not the real thing? It's a replica. <laughs> because the real <laughs> thing the real has one? been defaced and stolen so many times that they decided to keep it in a museum. Oh, mm. so interesting. Yeah. Okay, so the reason why it's one of the most important artistic symbol of Belgium is okay. because that fountain that it's at, right, uh-huh. was at one time the main source of water for most of the city. Oh. And a lot of families going to visit okay, okay, this okay. fountain It's a day. cultural significance thing. Correct. Okay. So it, you know, Kept a lot of families healthy. Understand. Mm. You know, these are the things that they should tell us when we go on tours. We went on tour, is it? And you saw this thing? No, I did not go to this place. But I mean, like, you know, similar to... Uh. Like, <laughs> I think I went to Denmark before and there was the Little Mermaid statue. Uh-huh. And I just couldn't really understand it. Like, the tour guide never explained, I never listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I was not listening. <laughs> is it too young? <laughs> I never listened. I was very busy taking pictures. <laughs> oh, Oh, like, hanging out with my friends. <laughs> Being a tourist, okay. Okay, fun fact. This statue mm. in Belgium, mm. the Belgian people actually dress it up for different occasions. And it actually has more than 1,000 different outfits. <laughs> That's very cute. Yeah. And it's taken care of by the city officials. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And different countries and organizations can actually ask for a particular outfit to be placed on the statue. Oh, and in many cases, it's to celebrate like a national day or some kind of anniversary or something. Oh so my sometimes God, they so wear cute. like Japanese clothes, or they wear like Korean clothes. That's adorable. Yeah, so cute, huh? <laughs> yeah, so it's like a very uh, it's somewhat diplomatic also. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yes, and there's yes. a social aspect to it, lah. Ah, yeah, very, very festive also. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. It's so well loved, right? That the people actually made a lot of souvenirs out of it. Mm. they'll make little replicas of this thing then mm. attach like spoon or whatever thing to it oh mm. uh, yeah 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 like a normal souvenir like shop souvenir lah la. okay. yeah la. then uh, they even <laughs> made garden statues and fountains oh okay yes that's why we always see it yeah, in other people's gardens very popular cause very interesting ma. like you know we seldom see yeah, something yeah. that you can pee something out then okay. a lot of people buy back buy here buy there then after that it became popular mm. Okay, so it's not gross. It is actually culturally significant. Yes. So okay. chances are if you see one of these garden fountains at a retail shop in someone's house, mm. it's actually modelled after this particular being child statue in Brussels. Oh, okay. It's just so famous that everybody want to copy it. Yeah, yeah, then over time, then people just forget that, you know. That, that one yeah. is the main, the, the original. OG, yeah. yeah. OG being child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for... One thing to recommend. Alright, my recommendation for this week is Dan Tepfer's performance on NPR Tiny Desk. Okay, Dan Tepfer is D-A-N-T-E-P-F-E-R. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, it's very uh, fascinating to me. La. He's a jazz musician, but he performed with uh, like a, a code. Mm-hmm. So basically, he coded the piano to have very simple code. The keyboard will play like the opposite of what he played, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like one of the codes, one of the program. Then he managed to make a piece out of it. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, then there's this like particularly beautiful part where he plays a series of chords. And the computer actually visualizes the harmonic information into very visual shapes. Mm-hmm. Very pristine and like pretty and precise shapes. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you feel like the the beauty of music in a very uh visual way. Oh yeah. So the computer managed to represent yeah. whatever the music is yeah. in a visual 
Yes, yes, from, yes. From, oh my goodness, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I watch it to like really feel it. And okay, he okay. plays the, and the song is itself is quite like calm and zen. Oh. Like, so you feel the beauty of it quite, quite well. Yeah, highly recommend. Okay. My recommendation for this week is Zero Waste Living. It's a documentary series available on YouTube by NHK World Japan. Mm. And it shows how different craftspeople in Japan, they use sustainable methods and materials for their crafts. Mm. So there are aunties that use scrap fabrics or waste paper to make stuff. There is even a man using landscaping waste, which is like those trees that they trim and all that. He will collect them and he'll use them to make dye for fabric or paper. It's very interesting. Mm. Very nice. All right, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Zian, for doing this podcast with me. If you've Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we'll search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. And now, we are off to record one more thing. A Patreon-only podcast called One One More More Thing. Thing. So, see you there.